so with that being said, I have like, I think one more thing that I want to talk about because this was like a really interesting, like the beginning of a a philosophical debate that I had on Twitter with, uh, with my friend, Carl Williams, um, where he was like, he asked about compromise, right? And so we're talking about being aimed in the right direction. Um, but so compromise is like by default, like we both give up some of what we want for the idea of having more. Um, but then again, like if the, if where do you draw the line? So like my last relationship ended because I wouldn't compromise on what I wanted my life to be like. And I think that everybody would agree that's a fair compromise. Like our, our end life goals were different. So obviously I probably shouldn't break up with Marissa if she doesn't want to eat Italian tonight. But where in the middle does that line rest? Well, if she doesn't want to eat Italian tonight, you figure out what she wants to eat. You go try that food. And then if she's, then you ask if she wants to try Italian. And if she doesn't want to try Italian still, you go, that's okay. I'm going to go to an Italian restaurant tomorrow night. You are definitely welcome to join me. However, I know you don't like Italian, so you can also just go have dinner on your own. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's a better way of saying that, right? right? But it's like, yeah, I mean, so there is no compromise with something like that because like the compromise is you get out of your comfort zone a little bit, I'll mm-hmm. get out of mine a little bit. Right. And if we just can't meet up in the middle of that, I really like Italian food. So I'm going to go get some Italian food. It's not a slight against you. It's very obvious you don't want to go. And I'd like to go do that tonight. So I maybe there's something that you really want to do that you can go do. And then we can catch up afterward. Yeah. And I, well, compromises like that, I feel like those are, are a little easier, like when it's just a, a taste. But like, what about things that matter? Like, okay, so here's a, um, here's a, a much less important but still like identity-based compromise marissa turns to me one day and she says i don't like your beard i want you to shave it off is this actually happened no this has not happened but this is like okay. a, like this is something i've wondered about because like <laughs> i like i love marissa and i want to be with her but i also love my beard And I'm not saying that I love my beard more than I like being in a relationship, but also my beard has become kind of part of my identity. And Mm -hmm. so if, if that came up, like, so what parts here's, here's what I'd be curious about, right? What parts of your beard, not like, like physical parts. Like I like your left cheek, but not the right. Like, but like, but like, like, you can have a Confederate, but not a full goatee. (laughs) So that's what I'd be curious about, right? Like, what is the underlying thing? Is it just like, she thinks it looks dumb then? Yeah. So like, so, uh, you know what I mean? Right. But I'm not asking this for you. I'm asking like, this would be my question to her. Like if this hypothetical situation happened, I'd be like, well, what about it? First, after I got over my shock, I'd be like, well, what about it? Don't you like exactly? Yeah. And I try to get to like deeper, like maybe it like hurts when you kiss her because, or maybe like you have food in there when you eat and it's disgusting to look at you <laughs> afterward. No, and, th- th- yeah, that, but that's, so that's, but that's the thing. Like it doesn't matter why it matters that it's important to her. So, oh, like, so this is a, this is a, but thing. it's also important to you. And right. I think in that situation, you trump her. And the reason is, is like, 
You know, here's the thing. If you didn't really care about your beard that much and it was like, uh, eh, I could have it or I could not have it. I like having it sometimes, you know, like yeah. then it's an easy thing. But if it's like if it's a deal breaker for her, <laughs> then it's like one, you're very shallow and we can't have a relationship anymore or you're just going to have to get over it because I like my beard. Um, yeah. So I think that's one option. But I think if, here's the thing. If you really like it and she really did not. I feel like you trump her in that because by you shaving it off, you are going to resent her for shaving it and you're going to feel a little incomplete. Well, And that but is that's, more damaging to the relationship in the long term. So that's that's what I was getting at is like um, I'm I'm curious about like this is this is honestly just like an open ended philosophical question because I don't think there's actually an answer to this. Um, but the whole idea of, of compromising. Well, <laughs> no, I'm, just, but, I'm just kidding. But the, so the, the, the idea of compromise though. So, um, I asked, uh, I, I made a joke to, to Carl on Twitter and, and he came back with saying that a good, like you draw the line on compromise, you can compromise on anything except your identity. Right. So if it doesn't change who you are and it doesn't violate who you are, or what you stand for, then sure. Compromise. You don't want to get Italian food tonight? That's okay. Italian food does not define me. We'll go do something else. But you want me to like change who I am, then that's obviously a big problem. Here's here's the only the caveat I would say to that is if that part of your identity is part that you would want to change but are scared to do. Because then it's a growth experiment for you. Yes, but but also like are there so what about if um you know, it's, it's not necessarily something that's, uh, that you're conscious of, but it's part of who you are. Like I, I don't know, maybe I say a certain word too much and it drives her nuts. Like that wouldn't necessarily be a a relationship ending thing, but it's something that I'm being expected to compromise on. Like I, I speak a certain way. It's part of who I am, but she's asking me to change it. So now I'm changing my identity, um, for her. But now, mm-hmm. so there's like this sliding scale, right? Because on the one hand, she could be like, well, I want you to start wearing only Banana Republic and wearing a sweater around your neck and carrying a tennis racket everywhere you go. But that's a sweeping, huge, like very, very big personality change for me. But any personality change in theory would be like shaping yourself to be with that other person. So th- this poses the philosophical question of like, what's okay to change and what's like what part of yourself can you not change before you're pandering to your relationship (sighs) (laughs) yeah i feel like everything is fair game to change at any time like what's the so you think that you could what's that ralph waldo emerson has this quote i think it's uh a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds or something like that like Phil uh, Caravaggio, our our our, uh, our friend, told me that like over a cocktail a couple of weeks ago, and I liked that because I was like trying to figure out like, well, I, I deleted my Facebook page a year ago, but I had like seven thousand fans on it, and now I kind of want to do it again, but I'm worried what other people are gonna think because I said that I'm not gonna do it, and he's like, well, you're a different person now, and. I mean, your identity then was I'm a kind of person that doesn't have a Facebook page and your identity now is maybe I would like to have it again. So I don't know. Like I, 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 
I, I don't know where I fall on that. I will say though that there's no way I'm ever going to do my Facebook page again because I tried to log back into it and it's fucking deleted. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a random aside. Uh, I don't know where I fall on that. Like I don't. I, I think everything is up to. I think everything is open to change. And if like, uh, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel? I've been ranting. Maybe I'll just ask you that question. I, I don't know, because I think you're right. Like philosophically speaking, you know, who we are is this larger construct of, of just what we believe about ourselves. Like our identity is all self-assigned. So the fact that I believe that I love having a beard and that I like travel and all that stuff, like at any moment, I can change that about myself. And at some point in the future, it's very likely that that will change about me. And like, I, I know that I don't need to continue to travel or like need to keep a beard or whatever. Any of the things that I do now aren't, they're not who I am. They're just a thing that I do. So on that level, I agree. Everything is up for, is up to change. But so then it, it poses this whole thing where it's like, am I, am I doing it for me? Like, am I doing it because it truly makes me happy to make her happy? Or am I doing it because I want to not be single? And does it matter in the end? Meaning like if you get to the same place, whether you made the decision for you or to, to make the relationship better, like either way, you're still doing it to better yourself. What, but I, I think that's the question. Like, are you bettering yourself? Because that's the part, that's the hard part. You got to step outside of yourself and like step outside of the situation and really weigh like, am I doing this because I want this for myself? Like this is going to make my life better or am I doing this because it's her preference and I'd rather not fight about it. So there's this concept, uh, there's like this whole organization system that we use at Precision Nutrition called Holacracy. And it's like this whole, like, it basically it's like the opposite of how to run a startup. It's like the self-governing body, like, like people have roles instead of job titles. Anyway, it's this whole big thing. But one quote that they have in there that, uh, that they use a lot and that we've like, Shelly and I have kind of adopted into our relationship is forever for now. So we're going to do this thing forever for now until we get new information or we make a different decision. So this is how it's going to be for now. Hmm. That, that's what I think about that. I don't know. Like, so yeah, you shave your beard. It's forever for now. If you realize that like you enjoy having the beard, fuck it, grow the beard back. And then you guys get to have a different conversation about it afterward. <laughs> yeah. No, that- like I, I feel like nothing is ever permanent in that way. So like if you make one decision, I mean, unless like, unless you have like a moral like you're going to like go kill someone for her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, that, that might be a bit much, but like yeah. if it's something like, even if it's something that like is big to your identity, like what's the, what's the harm in changing it for now with the idea that it can always change back. I, I agree with that, but I also like, you know, we've, we've had friends in the past who, like get into a relationship and then it's like they're a different person they stop hanging out or they start acting like a totally different human and it's it's almost like um you know like a stephen king book like they just like some puppet attached itself to their brain like they're just this like meat puppet now instead of the person that they were before they started dating and 
obviously that's an extreme case because I know very few people who are that, um, that susceptible. Yeah, but it does happen. But I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, the, there's this, this interesting philosophical struggle and I like, I'm not struggling with this personally. Like, it's not like I feel like uh, my relationship is turning me into somebody else. It's more just this like idle my I'm, I'm doing armchair philosophy basically <laughs> yeah and i'm not very good at that but i feel like what that like like just to to go on that for just a second i feel like the person that changes their entire personality to be with the other person that's just like you're talking about identity that sounds like someone that doesn't really have one like maybe maybe it's maybe it's like loosely formed and so they don't have these strong morals or values or or i you know i identity factors or whatever that they're violating because maybe they're not that like rock solid yes okay that's an awesome yes so one of the the things that um that i like most about my relationship right now is uh it's it's actually a point of tension for us because of the way that i phrase it but um it's it's sort of like you know the movie the princess bride I've actually never seen it. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, Everyone. You're breaking my heart right now. Okay. Uh, well, th- so I need two things then. First, uh, trust me that I'm quoting this correctly. And second of all, make me a promise that you're going to watch that movie because you'll love it. But anyways, okay. um, the there's a quote in that book, in the movie, that um, it, the, the main character is on this boat. And there's one of the, uh, one of the other characters is like taking him hostage. And, and every night before he goes to bed, he goes... Good night. Good work. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. And what I and like it just goes on and on, right? And and it's this whole concept of like impermanence. So in this relationship, and and I don't ever look at it as like I'm gonna leave tomorrow, but the the idea is that we wake up and choose each other every day. So yes. there's no there's no taken for granted. There's no you know that you just said forever for now. I like that because the what seems to make our relationship strong is that neither one of us needs the other. So um, what I mean by that isn't that like my life would be just as good without her in it. But what I mean is we are both pretty happy independently. So she likes her life and she likes herself and I like my life and I like myself. And if she were to leave, I would be bummed but I would be okay. And she feels the same way. You know, she tells me she feels the same way. And I, you know, I love that about our relationship because I don't ever feel that I have to be here. And I don't ever feel like I'm the only thing standing between her and the emotional abyss. Um, so I don't feel a sense of obligation and I don't feel a sense of need Um, there's no, there's no desperation. There's no, like my happiness depends on you. It's just straight up. I am super happy right now. And And as as long as I stay super happy, I will stay with you. Yeah. I think that's it. That's a very important point. And I feel like that's what happened in round one of our relationship is, um, maybe we felt like we needed each other. I mean, I, I felt, I think I felt like I didn't, I, I mean, I was pretty, uh, I guess, we can call it douchebaggy or whatever anyway. Right. But so, but I know that she kind of felt like she needed me because at the time she was in college and Mm -hmm. I was like supporting us with my income. You know what I mean? So when we broke up, 
she never wanted to feel tethered to anyone ever again. Mm-hmm. And that, not, not, that, that may sound like negative, right? But like she knew she had to take care of her own happiness and well-being and not rely on anyone else to validate her. And mm-hmm. then I felt the same thing and I grew up quite a bit to where I could do that in a healthy way. But I think that's incredibly important. Like knowing, I mean, I don't know, man, like you and I had a friend pass away earlier this year mm-hmm. and not that we were super, I mean, we were super close, like in high school, we, we haven't been really that close in the last few years, but even though like now I know that he is dead, I am still okay with it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not wishing that that happened. I, I would, it, I would much prefer that he were still alive, yeah. but like I, that's kind of a dark turn, but like something happened and you know that your happiness doesn't depend on another person and um, life kind of goes on if you have that strong identity and that strong values and other people around you. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, and yeah, so I think... Like, that I was usually, a very that was a very somber aside and now yeah, I feel kind of weird by bringing kinda, that up. Yeah, we took a little bit of a dark turn there, but to... <laughs> um, to to kind of bring it back around to the the idea of like identity and especially identity inside the relationship. I um, f- for me, I've I, I've used this analogy before, but I've always kind of felt like a like I've got a hard center and like on the outside is I'm kind of wrapped in play doh. So like my my identity is at the core, like it doesn't move, it doesn't shift. I I am who I am and I'm okay with that. So I know the things that I want. I'm okay changing the things that I want. Um, but I'm not threatened by like somebody else. Somebody else's opinion doesn't make me second guess who I am or what I want. Um, I can make myself second guess who I am or what I want, but that's my choice. Um, but on the outside, like on things that aren't really core to me, I don't give a shit. Like I, I will form myself to match somebody's needs on the surface because I don't care. Like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, so here's a good one. I just recently went to the palace at Versailles, uh, Chateau Versailles in, um, in Versailles, which is outside of Paris a little bit. And to do it, I woke up at like six o'clock in the morning and got on the Metro and showed up by eight. 15 or 8 8 a.m. outside of this hotel, which is right by the Eiffel Tower, um, where Marissa's mom is staying. And we climbed onto this like tiny little bus where a lady who spoke pretty good English had a headset on and like talked to us about the history of Versailles for the 45 minutes that we drove out there and then shuttled us through this terrible, terrible tour. Like it was like if you could fit 6,000 people in a living room, that's what the palace at Versailles felt like. It was, I mean, you couldn't even see the things that you were there to see because it was so crowded that all you could see was other people's iPhone screens trying to take pictures of shit. But I, like, I would never do that on my own. And I don't think Marissa would do that on her own either. But her mom was there and Marissa wanted to do something to make her mom happy. And I didn't have any actual reason to be to not go to Versailles. So the day before she asked me, she like gave me the option to bail several times. And she was like, are you sure you want to go? Are you sure you want to go? And I knew that it would make her happy if I went because it would make her mom really happy to do something as a group, you know, like for her, it's a family outing. Right. So I went 
and I put up with that stuff that I would never normally put up with. And in a certain in a certain sense, it like violates my identity because I hate tourist traps. I hate that like that like idea that you can experience a country by putting yourself in a cattle chute and taking picture of old furniture. Um, but I I get like certain people get different values out of things. And and um, Marissa's mom is the type of person who gets emotional value out of being in places where historically History important happened. events happen. Yeah. yeah, and like the Hall of Mirrors in Versailles is where World War One ended. Like, it's cool. There's a lot of history there. It's also, like, packed like a sardine can full of people in tour groups. And, and to me, it's like my own special version of hell. Um, but so, you know, but doing that, like, it didn't violate who I was as a person. Like, she didn't ask me to, I don't know, fucking be dishonest to her mom. Like, if she'd asked me to lie to her mom, I would have refused because that violates a core part of me. But if she wants me to go deal with my own mild claustrophobia for her mom, like that doesn't actually violate who I am as a person. It just makes me a little bit uncomfortable. So yeah, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'll do it. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's just important to like, you know, to to identify like the things that are truly important to you, and then be okay with changing everything else, mm-hmm. um, and like really letting that be. Like, let it be okay. Like, you know, you, you talked about going to an amusement park, getting on roller skates and, and uh, riding a roller coaster. Like, that totally violates your comfort zone and, like, your outer layer of who you are because you would never describe yourself as a guy who rides amusement rides or as a, a guy who ever puts on roller skates, right? But by doing that, you didn't actually violate who you were. or And I had fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, like, I... <laughs> I did enjoy, like, despite what I didn't like about Versailles, the outside area of Versailles, like the garden and the fountains, and the the fountains weren't even on, and they were still fucking awesome. There's, like, this crazy fountain with a bunch of what I think were, like, cherub angels riding geese, shooting arrows at a dragon. It's, like, the weirdest shit you've ever seen, Um, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's, like, 300 years old. It's super cool to look at. and it's, it is like a, an interesting part of history. It was like one of the last places where kings in France ever were. Um, but so uh, all that being said, like, you know, I think that um, it, to like bring everything we've talked about today around, like it, it seems like the big difference in like my relationship and what, what's made me happy about things and and in your relationship from the way you've talked about it and what what's kept you two happy has been getting really okay with who I am. Um, you know, like we've, we've decided who we are and what really makes us happy and what we want for ourselves independently of anybody else. And by being okay with that and by going for that in, in like individually, um, it, it like just opened all these doors and closed off doors too. Like people who don't like the things that I want will see me going for them and they won't be interested. And people who are interested in the things that I want uh, or in, interested in people who want the things that I want, like, you know, she likes my direction. And so we're together because she likes the person that I want to become. And, you know, we, we started dating and stayed dating because when I showed up, I didn't have a guard up. I wasn't trying to project somebody that I thought she would date. And she did exactly the same thing. And it's, we were both like burned out on dating in the first place. So 
we we showed up kind of like, well, fuck it, this is me. You're either gonna like me or you're not. And um, it it ended up being like we were like, all right, I like where your head's at, and I like who you are, and I I support that, and I want to like see you get even better. And it's knowing it, it's knowing yourself, but then at the same time getting over yourself. Yes, getting over yourself and and doing anything you can to like make the other person, uh, like enable them to do good things at whatever cost, as long as it's no cost to like your core identity. Yeah. It can't be hypocritical at all too, right? Like if you're going to have your own experiences and, and, and do all these things, like it has to be well known that they are quote unquote allowed to do the same things and encouraged because that's what makes the relationship healthy is you both get to go after individual goals and grow separately mm-hmm. and bring your best selves your best your best selves to the relationship yeah well, shit man i like this time <laughs> this was fun i yeah I, like i well i feel like i walked away with some good stuff to talk about because like or good things to think about like i really like i love that whole like honeymoon phase that like that was like that's going to be big for me i think it's going to make mm-hmm. a lot of difference in just how things move forward for me in my, you know, as I get closer to that two year threshold where everything starts to scare me. Um, it's, it's good for me to remember too. Like, and like I, this isn't stuff that I've ever really talked about out loud. And so figuring out a way to fumble through what I feel like I'm trying to do and what Shelly and I are trying to do is really beneficial because like once you identify it, you can do more of it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Well, Thanks for talking to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. We should do it again. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll talk I'm, to you later. I'm, I'm so ready for food and beer. <laughs> All right. I'll see you later. Later.